Hello, everybody. Welcome to an episode of Learning with Bell Vista Studios. Uh, as you know, this is a place for my team and I to be curious and learn from people that we want to learn from to help us be better instructional designers and learning and development practitioners. And a big place in our hearts as a team is in the healthcare industry. So today I've got a guest, Katie, from the Cancer Council Queensland. And we're really flattered that you said yes to be here. Um, this is a great opportunity for us to learn and to serve people in that industry, like learners in that industry better. So thanks for being here, first of all. Um, Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> we, I'll just give people a bit of context about like literally one sentence about what you're doing just to set the framing for the conversation. But uh, basically you're Queensland, which is our state in Australia's leading cancer charity. So not-for-profit, um, working across every aspect of cancer and supporting families affected by cancer when they need it most, definitely can vouch for that. Um, you speak on behalf of the community on cancer issues. You empower people to reduce their cancer risk and find new ways to better detect and treat cancer. So very exciting things. But I know your role is specific to developing training for your internal employees, as well as a very large volunteer base um my first question is there's always constraints with not-for-profit what might some of those constraints when developing employees or volunteers just to paint the picture for people what are they in your world constraints um in terms of oh, give me an example <laughs> so I know like not-for-profit they're always like we don't have much budget or we don't have much time um especially with you guys having such a volunteer based audience as well they're geographically dispersed um they're coming in for their own reasons not necessarily being paid to be there so that's kind of what comes to mind but you may have more that might have stimulated more for you yeah <laughs> no um honestly um uh, the volunteers that come in and and work with us, work for us, mm. they, um, I guess they're so passionate about what they do that it's not really, I wouldn't say that's a challenge or a barrier for us. Mm. Like they absolutely love the work that they do. Um, and we love training them. We love being able to work with them. And um, and they, they really take on board everything that, you know, we offer to them in terms of training. So wow. um, obviously from a, uh, I guess, a compliance standpoint, we, you know, induct them in that sense, um, orientate them to who we are and what, what we're all about, which generally they, they, they already know because they have most likely been touched by cancer or they know someone who has been touched by cancer, um, which really is what, um, I guess, prompts them to work with us in the first place. Mm. Um, so when it comes to actually delivering that training, they, they really enjoy it. Um, and I think they, they're always looking for more, which is awesome. That's really cool. So you got highly motivated, in the volunteers, they're highly motivated to contribute mm -hmm. And therefore, they really embrace anything that you provide them to for them to be able to contribute better. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm. What about internal employees? Are they in the same place, do you reckon? 
Look, I think, um, you know, there's always going to be that bay where, you know, some people love it, some people hate it. It's that thing that comes around every year. Um, yeah. That is, you know, you've got to do it to, you know. But for us, it's more about ticking a box. Um, it's about making it relatable back to our mission uh, mm. and, and what we're all about. So reminding our employees, um, you know, what what we're here for and um and incorporating all of that into our training which I think and we space it out as well throughout the year and try to make it as relatable as possible to their job you know um which I think you know for the most part people enjoy it yeah what are some ways that you might um integrate that messaging around your mission in there to remind them we use a lot of um stories so real stories from our clients our volunteers people who have used our services so integrating that throughout yeah um, yeah and just really bringing it back to what our mission is what are we here for every single day why do you come to work every day and how can we improve the lives of people in Queensland living with cancer yeah it's really really the message that you know we incorporate throughout our training yeah nice with those stories I imagine some of them are quite sensitive. Um, first of all, would the stories be, I don't know, just text and like a testimonial almost, or would you have video stories? We have some videos. Yeah, we've got mm. some short videos that are up on our YouTube channel yeah. as well. So I incorporate a lot of those throughout, just or not a lot, I guess, um, you know, it's really, again, you know, about bringing back their message. So keep, um, please on track about um, what what the what the training is all about. Um, and I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all right. So I was saying about um, the sensitivity, but in the stories, and then how are you presenting them at the moment? Is it just kind of like testimonial type things, videos? Yeah, it's mostly mostly in mostly videos of our volunteers and people who have lived through. Yeah. yeah yeah and it's about the approach as well I suppose um you know you mentioned obviously it is a very sensitive topic and and it's the same with our as our volunteers work with us because they've been touched by cancer a lot of our employees also mm. work with us for that same reason um so it's really about shaping the messaging around cancer isn't it's not a death sentence anymore um there's you know survival is increasing and it's not, you know, it's, we can, we can, you know, continue working on that and, and hopefully have a brighter outlook. You know, our mission is to, um, you know, live with the world free of cancer. Mm. Um, so that's, you know, it's a, it's a high goal to achieve, but we hope that one day we'll get there. Yeah, definitely possible. I believe. Yeah. <laughs> I was curious as well around, um, language like in terms of how do you create emotion effectively like is there certain ways that you frame things or I don't know is there certain terms like you said oh, I can't remember your exact words now around the the ending of your mission but it sounded very specific to like I can't remember now but yeah is there specific terms and ways that you frame things that motivate people emotively oh gosh um yeah I think um 
it's just about putting that positive, I guess, you know, as as positive as we can frame it, really. Mm. Um, and we don't focus too heavily, obviously, on the negative aspects either. Um, it's really mm. about focusing on, you know, reminding our employees and our volunteers what what our services are um, and and how we can contribute regardless of where we work in the organisation. So if you work in finance, if you work in facilities or if you're working in research or anywhere across that organization we can all play a part a small role um, whatever that may be yeah that's cool so a lot of your initiatives are really linking even if you may not have any touch point with an external customer or anything you're still making sure that the link is made between how they I don't know process payroll and how that impacts someone that impact it's kind of like the ripple effect and you're still yeah. having a positive impact yeah, on our mission right. by regardless of where you sit exactly yeah that's exactly right yeah that's cool have there been any specific um initiatives or even like one activity whether it's in a code of conduct or i don't know any kind of compliance course that you're particularly proud of the impact that it had or the the talk around what it might have stirred up for people? Um, I, hmm. That's a really, really good question. <laughs> Let me think. Um, we do have uh, one of the training modules that we developed for our volunteers was uh around the cancer experience so okay. that um you know start the starting journey from really really simple what is cancer um and through to um you know all the all those kind of touch points that we might have with with them throughout their journey and mm -hmm. i think a lot of people really related to that i found it quite beneficial and um and useful for mm. again reminding them what they're here for, why they're working with us. Yeah. So empathy, how you were getting them to, yeah, empathise with who they would be serving and yeah, who they're impacting. True. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. What about, um, it might just be me, but I feel like anything in the medical field or science-y, like even I think actually to nature, you know how they have like Latin terms for trees and plants and stuff. And there's like, even like the novel coronavirus, blah, 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 whatever it was called. There's like lots of terms, I imagine, in some of your training and that. Uh, how do you get people to like remember them or what ways are you kind of training that when you've got lots of acronyms and things that you're not necessarily going to stick in your head? <laughs> Any creative ways? <laughs> um diagrams diagrams and yeah. videos yeah mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah that brings me Short answer. <laughs> no I'm remembering back to school like in yeah like the science ones where it was diagrams and then I guess for me it was remembering and then quickly forgetting after my exams <laughs> because I had nothing to apply it to so that's actually a good epiphany moment for me <laughs> um that's cool and what about um in terms of that journey and being able to kind of apply so you're saying like 
help them understand and empathize with someone's journey. Any tips on how you're getting them to remember to consider that the next time they interact with someone? To be honest, I think that it's um, it's a lot of our volunteers have been with us for such a long time that it's, it's ingrained in what they do every single day. And wow. again, with a lot of them having that, that personal experience, um, I think it really is just ingrained in everything they do and, and the training that we delivered to them in particular is more of just a reminder to them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I don't really think that, um, um, you know, we don't have people going rogue or, you know, whatever. it's, yeah, they're there for, they know exactly what they're there for and, and how to approach a situation. Yeah, it makes me think about the employee life cycle in terms of like, for people that are not as privileged to have such motivated learners, but it makes me think about in the employment life cycle, if you can recruit the right people to your organization's mission, the stuff that you're training, it's way easier for it just to become habit yeah, or for exactly. you to just have those people that it, they're naturally that way anyway. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's right. And, um, you know, we've got a really special culture mm. um, at, at our workplace. And it's exactly as you say, like, you know, we the people that we employ um, are there for the right reasons. Um, they're there because they want to help the mission. They want to contribute in some way. Um, yeah. How large or small that might be. Yeah. So they're a very captive audience. <laughs> Mm, I think there's a lot of envious <laughs> L&D practitioners listening to this. <laughs> um, when it comes to, what was I going to say? Oh, I, in terms of your audience, like, and demographics, right? There's always, like, I know that people say a lot around, like, oh, they're Gen Y, Z, whatever they are, and they have short attention spans, so we must do X, Y, Z. Have you got any thoughts or reflections on the, like, encompassing generations and how do you consider the demographics of your audience? What's your experience? Yeah, well, uh, let's see. when when I first started with the organisation, it was really my first opportunity to um, to design something, to design e-learning that you know I, I was almost given not I wouldn't say a free reign, but you know I was mm. given this opportunity to to really like design something great, um, and so I kind of steamrolled with that. Yeah. And, tried to make it as interactive and and fun as possible and you know building in puzzles and all sorts of fun things thinking that is what you know from my perspective that's what I would like to do as a Mm. learner um feedback quickly (laughs) made me realize that we do have a very obviously wide demographic a wide audience um and so I think something I've really learned in this role um in particular is restraint (laughs) learning how to hone it back in Mm. um, and tailor it very specifically to those audiences so um, what I designed for our volunteers is a little bit different a little bit um, shorter and a little bit more simplified than what Mm. we might give to our employees Uh, and um, something we're doing a, a new project that we've started 
um, is actually trying to build up our younger volunteer base at the moment. Yeah. So we've almost come full circle actually back to the beginning and now I've sort of got this opportunity to start designing some really cool, fun stuff again for that particular audience. Um, so it's really about, I've learned, I've learned a lot about different age groups, different demographics and mm. what, what they're comfortable with and, um, and what they want in their training. Mm. It, as you're saying that, it makes me think, so I've actually used the Cancer Council Queensland website for personal support. Mm. Um, and it makes me think about it. It's kind of information based right it, just for people that haven't been on it it's you know headings with a kind of table of contents and maybe like think of an FAQ and the information's there um, and it's not overly I don't know filled with the stories and things that you're talking about but it's very intentional and if I think of myself in the state of I was there to learn but I needed time to digest the content because mm -hmm. of the state that I was in and why I was seeking that learning in the first place. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's something as well when you think about the topic that you're training on or the information that you're providing, whether it's like a website that you're designing or a code of conduct is what is the state of the learner that they're in and why might they be seeking that information in the first place? And what mm -hmm. was particularly good is it didn't need bells and whistles because I needed the time to digest and reflect and maybe go back up the page and go, okay, yeah, I've understood this term. What does it mean now that I know that, or I have a further question, I could hyperlink to like a definition of what that might mean. So mm -hmm. yeah, I think that understanding where the learner is at and why they might be learning is quite important to consider as well. That's right. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah obviously a very important consideration um, mm. and if we you know if we get the opportunity in the future to to build some e-learning some training specifically for that broader community mm. base then then absolutely that's something that we'll have to consider um, very very carefully um, and we've mm. got a really awesome team in our um, cancer support and information center that yeah you know, they, they, they do this stuff every single day. They work so closely with people that call in every single day. Um, I think they're going to be uh, a very, very important subject matter, matter expert when, when the time comes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When, tell me about your team. Do, is it, have you got a little team and how do you work together in terms of, um, so you're building the compliance courses do you have one person that focuses on the content side of it and then one person that's doing the e-learning development? Is it quite collaborative or does one person see it straight from one end to the finish? How do you work? Uh, yeah, it's pretty much just me. Um, mm. I, I, work, uh, I work kind of across both the people HR side um, yep. and also the volunteer side. So they are my team um, yep. and they're, they're so, we are such a collaborative close-knit team though so you know I can um, bounce ideas off them and run everything by them that that I do um, so they're really they are my subject matter experts yeah part um, and uh, and yeah so I, I do most of the um, the development part of it and see it through to the implementation 
Yeah. A lot of people that I speak to or I hear in the industry really struggle to work solo. Is there any specific um, things that you do to get inspiration or like get feedback on your work? Like what activities are you undertaking when you are that kind of leader in the solutions for your organization? Oh gosh, um, talking to our people for the most part, listening to yep. their feedback. So, uh, so every every training that that we run, we always request that feedback. Um, yep. uh, and beg for it. Yes, <laughs> I love that's it. What, <laughs> that's what tells me it helps good to guide me in what you know what's missing, what you know you know what the gaps might be, or what's working really really well. Yep. Um, what they might want to see in the future. So. Um, you know, they they help to guide me, the employees and our volunteers um, yep. guide me and teach me what what they need and want. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Would you say that the training needs come from that or would a lot of, um, would some of this stuff come from like the business saying, hey, Katie, we need this? A little bit of both. Um, yep. Yeah, it's mostly more from business needs, uh, the, the, the training that, that I developed. Um, mm. But it is also a little bit on, you know, in that feedback as well. Um, I take on all, all the suggestions that uh, that is feasible yeah. <laughs> to to make our training more um, more digestible um, or just more engaging. Whatever they yeah. need, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Have you got any um, favorite websites? I don't know, books, YouTube channels that you follow for inspiration. You know what? I um, I love just watching the um, the articulate storyline YouTube <laughs> channel. Mm. I've learned so much. Like I, I absolutely love the the e learning design aspect of my role. Yeah. Um, so I call them workshops and stuff as well, uh, which is always fun. I love I love engaging with people. Um, but just I just love watching the YouTube um, videos for how to you know neat little tricks. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I'm going to give that a go tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's what keeps me engaged and always um, inspired to try new things. Yeah, that's cool. There are so many creative things out there. I'm like, oh my gosh. Um, we've got a Facebook group, and what I love about that is people will share like look at this cool example that I found and we also have a show as well where I'm like that was the whole thing of starting the show was get people on that are making cool things so we can figure out how they're being made and share that with the community and it that continuous stimulus like really helps you be a better e-learning designer for sure absolutely yeah that's right Um, especially if you're solo like I'm very fortunate I've got the team so we can have our little brainstorm together or share things amongst each other. But if you're working solo, you have to seek it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I honestly, I just love having a play around. If I do manage to get, you know, mm-hmm. even five minutes spare time, <laughs> yep. jump in there and have a go at something like, you know, if I see a really cool puzzle or, you know, it's always fun to try and work out specifically how they might have done it and replicate it. <laughs> Yeah, and how I can apply that in in the training that I design. Yeah, are you? Um, sounds like your articulate storyline. Then have you done much in Rise or any of the other tools as a preference? Uh, I've doubled a little bit with Rise, but mm. I I love the um, I love how customizable Storyline three hundred and sixty is. 
yeah. um, I just find it really uh, it's just so many things you can do with it and I find that <laughs> as I think I learned I've learned everything there is and then I learn more <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that's cool it sounds like you might do some face-to-face -face facilitation hmm. yeah yeah we do yes yeah so uh, mostly with our employees from hmm. that um, in their first few weeks, we'll invite them along to an orientation day. Uh, mm -hmm. So I facilitate those workshops uh, every six weeks or so. Yeah. Um, and we, we run a leadership program throughout the year as well. So um, coordinating, arranging those ones as well, facilitating. Yeah, so um, I really like that part of my job too. I love the, um, I just love being able to start with an idea and just see it through to the end um, yeah yeah you've got yeah, all your favorite more. things happening it's like <laughs> your dream job <laughs> that's Pretty really much. cool <laughs> that's yeah really cool. yeah I love what I do um, um yeah I think the most rewarding part is when you know you can see that people appreciate what what they've been what they've received or um you know if they say like hey that's a really, really cool thing that you know was in there I loved learning about this um or you know just just being able to I guess um feel feel like they are a part of our mission mm. um you know hopefully by the end of their their six week kind of induction training yeah um they you know that's that's really the goal to make them feel a part of who we are and what we do yeah yes with, with the skills to you know perform their role to their best Mm. it's um I think it's a really nice reflection of your passion being appreciated because like you sound very passionate about your job your energy lifts up when you speak about it and then you're experimenting you know trying to learn the like you said the puzzle and things like that and when you're putting that into your work that it's coming from a place of good intent and then your learners are really receiving and having a better experience as a result of that and I, I do find that the more I talk to people and anytime I've personally been super passionate about something it has had an exponential impact so I definitely encourage people yeah. listening to do that absolutely yeah I think it I think it shows you know um I think having that passion and drive behind it um, is obviously that, you know, personal encouragement to continue giving it a hundred percent every day. Um, mm. And, and, you know, and again, coming back to our mission, why we're we here, why we, why we do what we do every day. Um, it's really important. And I just, I love that I get to be a small part of it. Yeah, that's cool. Wow. Get the right people. Go, oh, sorry. <laughs> go get the right job is what I want people to hear. Yeah. Like work for the company that, you connect in the way that yeah Katie's expressing I think that's really yeah. cool yeah um, I think that's really important mm, as well yeah connect I'm definitely them. down for that <laughs> do you notice a difference between when you design a solution for the e-learning versus face-to-face -face? is your process any different would you say um no, not, I, I don't think I would say it's particularly different. No, um, I think uh, when I came into the organisation, it was already the face-to-face the -face kind of aspect of it. The employee inductions that we run were already quite well established. So yeah. I just I was able to run with that ball and 
um, and it just kind of works. It just works really well. It always has. Um, so, um, but again, you know, taking on that employee feedback as well of you know, each time and making little tweaks here and there. Yeah. Um, with the with the e-learning, um, it's really all the resources are already there for me as well. So, uh, obviously, it's all internal kind of stuff that, mm. that goes into the training. So, um, yeah, my process is uh, really identifying what those resources are and yeah. working with that, you know, my team to develop the content and then start building. <laughs> yeah. What kind of resources would be, would you call on as your starting point when you're starting a project? Mostly our company uh, guidelines, policies and procedures. Yeah. Sort of thing. Yeah. For the most part, that would, that's predominantly predominantly my go-to resourcing yeah okay if you because I want to go into your passion a bit more if you had a dream project for your organization if you the people were like build whatever learning solution to solve whatever problem is most close to your heart for us Katie what would you do and how would you do it I I would I, I really want to um, design training for both health professionals and our broader community? I think you know they they are the people who are using our services mm-hmm. every day, um, and I honestly would love to be a part of a part of their journey and and design some training for them in particular. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Do you have any um, specific things that you're like, I'd love to get the opportunity to do that for them? Oh, gosh. Hmm. Um, I think um, that's a good question. Um, I think... uh, working closely with health professionals mm. to, to, I guess, uh, encourage them to work with us in return and, and, uh, and refer on their, their clients, their patients back to us as well. So I guess it's that little three-way circle of how we can all work together and help each other. Um, mm. Yeah. Do you think they would be open to it? Because uh, I, I know, like, well, from my experience, the health professionals, they're very under pressure. Mm. Um, and obviously they want to do the best for their, their intention is to do the oh, best absolutely. for the people that they're serving, but their conditions of work or what they're doing is just like crazy. So they don't always have the mental capacity. Um, I don't know what my question was now. <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible in you know in my experience um I have in my previous previous roles I have worked Mm. more closely with health professionals in delivering education to them and honestly they're always really really receptive they make the time to educate themselves um, because again that's what they're passionate about Mm. and they're you know they're there for the patient um so I don't think I don't really foresee that as a barrier so much. That's cool. 
it's just basically letting them know that it's available to them and then they'll leech onto it yeah that's right yeah that's yeah cool. and there's there's avenues um you know to to go through as well to link in with with uh, organizations that health professionals are linked in with um, mm. you know as potential opportunities to distribute education that's cool very special uh, and important work that is potentially on your horizon in the near future. Oh, I That's hope so. Cool. You know, it's, it's the dream. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to express? I feel like I've extracted my my curiosity is satisfied at the moment. So, <laughs> um, no, I think uh, no, I don't think I have anything anything to add. Okay. Well, I guess in summary from me, like it's to, from an employee perspective, attract the right people to the organization because L&D is bigger than just training, right? It's about employee experience. So I would encourage the people listening to attract the right people that are aligned to your mission so that you can have a better, better impact through what you're trying to achieve strategically. And then the why, particularly for compliance stuff, is not even an issue because they just get it. I wouldn't say it's not an issue, but it's <laughs> the motivation is a lot stronger then. <laughs> and then the third part is just that passion. You know, when you are aligned to an organization's mission, you want to do better. You're seeking in your five minutes of freedom or downtime, curious your own self-curiosity to like go learn and then you're a better learning designer and a better employee and all these sorts of things so definitely that passion has a big contributor to the impact that you can have in your role absolutely I like the message from this learning with Bell Vista Studios episode so thank you so much for the opportunity to learn with you I'm very very grateful and I know my team are as well and I'm sure the people listening so people listening the link will be in the description if you want to connect with Katie and learn more about what she's up to and her world and also share some thanks for the value that she's brought to your life by listening to this video or podcast, whatever it is. Um, and thank you everyone that chooses to learn with Bell Vista Studios. We appreciate your support as always. What's up, awesome human? Thank you, thank you, thank you on behalf of myself and the Bell Vista Studios team for continuously choosing to learn with us. We really appreciate it. If the tips and the insights and the context resonate with you and you want to take your skills to the next level or you want to make your life way easier, you will love our Creator Hub. The Creator Hub is a place for people like you and us. Basically, it's the stuff that we use internally at Bell Vista Studios and then we just share it publicly with you. The Creator Hub is created by instructional designers for instructional designers. And what you'll love there at the moment is we've got a quiz, could I be a better instructional designer? That has so much tips in the feedback if you're interested in human-centered design or just taking your skills to the next level in terms of the solutions you're creating, the problems you want to solve. But in there as well, aren't we cute? That's us. Um, but we've got the coaching courses, freebies, give us gratitude, and also we've got some templates. And basically they're always around the lens of learning experience design, instructional design, and e-learning. So a human-centered design focus is very 
much what we're about at Bell Vista Studio. So putting your learners at the heart of a solution and creating something for their needs. So there's the human-centered design stuff and then we've also got the business stuff. So this is the stuff they don't teach you about when you want to become a freelancer or a consultant in the instructional design world. So go check it out. The link is in the description. You can check out everything that is available for you. Thank you for choosing to learn with us. Continuously invest in your skills. You will be rewarded as an instructional designer. Share this stuff, share it with other people because when we are better instructional designers, we create better solutions that create better humans, that create a better world. So we have a very important role and I'm excited to be on this journey with you. Have an awesome day.